This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson, your fantasy coach. I'm not an expert. I'm here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. And we'll have some fun along the way as we take a look at what took place last weekend in fantasy football. Start looking ahead to the upcoming weekend. And as we talk about these players, I won't always be right, but I hope I'll be convincing. And we will, at the end of this podcast, dive into the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook. And each week we take a fantasy concept related to the Bible, related to our own lives. And you can actually have your own copy of the playbook. You can find it on Amazon. Just search Fantasy Football Fellowship or on our website, FantasyFootballFellowship.com. Today we'll talk about the setback from injuries. So always have plenty of injuries going on in fantasy football. But we always get started by holding me accountable. So I begin this show with some accountability and owning up to the things that I said on this show that turned out to be wrong and silly and foolish. And you might say, Bryce, what an idiot. You're probably shouting that this past weekend because (laughs) two guys I said were no good. Get rid of them. Julio Jones and Kenyon Drake ended up having monster games. Drake, 164 yards and two touchdowns. Julio, it seemed like he was scoring every other time they... uh, they went to that Atlanta game. What a huge win for them. And the funny thing for me is I was so torn because I, I, I like Raheem Morris. I think he's actually going to be a great head coach for Atlanta, and I think Atlanta's going to turn it around in a lot of ways. They have talent on that roster, but I'm still not high on Julio Jones. I know he had a huge game, but even today I saw he's missing practice. Like He's always missing practice. He's always questionable. I just can't ride the wave. I know he has high highs, and so this past Sunday, of course, he had a big game coming off the the weekend before where he was injured. I just personally, as a fantasy owner, I don't want to deal with that. So if you want to ride that, go go right ahead, but uh, I would rather have Calvin Ridley, and I'll talk about Todd Gurley in just a little bit, but Drake, I'm still not buying into him. It was a nice game for him against Dallas. Everybody has a great game against Dallas's defense. Do not buy the hype when someone plays against Dallas. We can't do it. We have to be careful. We have to keep our composure. Good for him. He got in the end zone. I, I still think Chase Edmonds is just a better running back. And so in, in the long run, I would rather have Edmonds. I'm not going to trust Drake even after that game. All right, then also, I, I talked about one-hit wonder Adam Shaheen with the Dolphins last week. He had another one. He scored again. Three catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. I might, I might be wrong on him. However, with the change in quarterback, we'll see. We'll get to that in a little bit as well. I was also wrong about Big Ben. Now, I'm not panicking by any means, but Big Ben just had an off week. I mean, the Steelers were awesome, but they, they scored rushing touchdowns, and Big Ben just wasn't throwing touchdowns and putting up big fantasy numbers. The Steelers are awesome, but I was wrong about Big Ben because he had not, before this past Sunday, dipped below 20 fantasy points and so it was nice to have that that pretty solid floor well now we see he can go all the way down to like 11 points that's that's a little concerning 
that that's possible. And if the Steelers keep winning toward the end of the season and they're blowing teams out potentially and they play the Bengals again and you know other sorry teams, maybe they run the ball and, and they don't put as much on Big Ben. That'll be interesting to see. However, I, I'm not jumping off. So I'll own he had a bad game last week, but I still like Big Ben. He's still a starting quarterback in fantasy. Deontay Johnson is supposed to be back. Claypool was unbelievable again. Juju hasn't been a star, but as one of those three guys, if you're talking about Big Ben, he's got the weapons. So if you're a Juju owner, you're not feeling great about him. But with Big Ben, I'm still feeling good. And then the other player that I blew it on, I told you last week, I was convinced that that Zeke Elliott would be the best running back the rest of the way. Yikes. That was uh, that was a big whiff, a big whiff on Monday Night Football. He still had double-digit fantasy points, but the two fumbles were not great. The Cowboys, not great. That was ugly and very, very, very concerning. Again, the talent is there. We know how good Zeke is. I still, I, I talked about Andy Dalton last week, so I was wrong on him, but I, I like Andy Dalton. I do. I think I think he can be good there, but something is not clicking in Dallas and the first game with him as their guy, it did not turn out well. And maybe there's still the shock losing Dak and and trying to get through that or whatever. Maybe it just it just didn't work out for Dallas. But they've gotten off to a really rough start this whole season anyway, just winning games. Uh but at least we we've, we've you know, Zeke has been very solid in fantasy circumstances. But when he's fumbling, whew, that's rough. Because, I mean, that's just, it loses all of the momentum, all the confidence, and he's losing points. And, and so it just it, it prevents the whole offense from getting going uh, as well. So if you own some of those other receivers, which, you know, they're deep at receiver, it, it just, it, it, it's costly if Zeke isn't going to be reliable. And the expectations for him, too, I mean, he's got to score 20 points a week. He's that kind of running back. You took him with the top five pick. Dallas needs to run the ball with them. They need to be able to trust him. We can't have Tony Pollard stealing. I'm, I'm a Zeke owner, so that it's more personal for me. But I don't need Tony Pollard stealing carries from Zeke either. But you, you always, most coaches seem to pull a guy after he fumbles. But then they sit on the bench thinking about it. And I don't know if that's always the answer either. All right, so that's what I got wrong this week. Here I'll ask the question, did you listen? Here are some things I said that ended up turning out uh, pretty good. The, the Colts' offense, I said, would turn things around because they were looking ugly there for, for a few weeks. And how about Phillip Rivers? 371 passing yards and three touchdowns. Very encouraging. They go into the bye. Even though they looked terrible early against Cincinnati, the comeback was great. Maybe that was the spark they needed, and they turned things around, and, and that offense starts clicking a little bit more. Not so much for T.Y. Hilton, but some other guys that have gotten involved. Still like Jonathan Taylor a lot. Not as high on Naeem Hines as I was. I actually finally dropped him on, on one of my rosters. And, and so I'm not sure they're, they're, they're just not utilizing Hines. Because I would think in a comeback effort, they would have used Hines more than they did. And they just didn't. So they're, they're using other weapons. But Rivers, man, putting up that, that, those kind of numbers is encouraging. And, and hopefully out of the bye, that, that momentum continues. I also told you about Christian Kirk. I was all excited about him. Uh, I, I picked him up actually before he had the big week two weeks ago, and then he had an even bigger week. He had a solid week. Then he had a monster game uh, against Dallas. Now, it's fair to, to call me out and say, hey, you don't get all excited about what you do against Dallas, 
but I was already excited about Kirk, and so it was just another game for him to, to prove, hey, he is a weapon. He needs to be a part of this offense. He had two touchdowns, 86, 86 yards. It was two big plays. I, I hope that Kyler Murray doesn't forget about him. As great as Hopkins is, now defenses have to, oh, yeah, we got Kirk over here too. We can't forget about him. So it should help that whole offense just to become more dynamic uh, if Kirk can continue to play well, and it'll help your fantasy team. And so if, you, if he's still available, get him. Uh, I picked him up, and, and I, I think I'm going to end up starting him this week, uh, depending on the health of Jameson Crowder, uh, as my number two receiver. So I'm in a 14-man league, and, and Kirk is needed in that circumstance. The other uh, kind of thing that I, I got right, not this wasn't brilliant, but George Kittle had a nice bounce-back game. So I, I didn't panic on him. He had eight points the week before, almost 25 points on Sunday. Seven receptions, 109 yards, one touchdown. The whole 49ers offense really bounced back. So that was encouraging. If you own 49ers players, Garoppolo seemed much better. So uh, that was positive. And to beat the Rams, a, a team that I, I have been pretty high on, they, they didn't look as, as good, which is somewhat concerning. I'm not jumping off that bandwagon, but at least with San Francisco, you can feel better about them. Uh, and then... I also told you I'm not high on Todd Gurley. So Julio and Todd Gurley, I, I'm just I'm over those guys. And even though I was wrong on Gurley maybe a week ago, uh, I think his, his true colors showed because Atlanta was great and he only rushed 20 times for 47 yards. So I mean, he still got a lot of carries, but he only got 47 yards rushing. That's not going to cut it if you want to rely on him week in week out in fantasy. So he might have a good game here or there, but he is not the Todd Gurley that he was with the Rams. And, and if you think that that's going to be the case, I, I just think you'll be mistaken. I think you'll be disappointed. I really do. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on the Falcons. They're an intriguing team after they finally got a win. But uh, the Vikings, uh, I'll talk about in a little bit. So uh, two things uh, for, for some personal fantasy shenanigans from the week. I did finish 3-0, and which was a nice week. And thanks to a quiet Tyreek Hill game on Monday Night Football, uh, or I guess it was the 5 o'clock game, do we still call it Monday? It's still Monday Night Football. Not the official Monday Night Football. But Tyreek Hill with the off game. So Kansas City didn't light it up necessarily. And, and so uh, I was able to pull that out, which was nice. And then I do have a, a confession to make. Carson Wentz is now, I think he might be on all three of my rosters. Oh, I, I went back to him. I, I gave up on him. I wrote him off. He puts up 30 points, three touchdowns this past week. Even though the Eagles lost, even though Miles Sanders went down, I'm all in on Carson Wentz again. What is wrong with me? No, I, he's still too good. He, he's too good to completely give up on. And getting uh, Jackson back, they're supposed to get him back. I know Ertz is out, but either this week or next week, Dallas Goddard's supposed to come back. With Sanders going down, I think they'll throw to Boston Scott more. I think they'll just be forced to throw more as well. And, and so I kind of like Carson Wentz, especially on Thursday night against the Giants. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards starting Wentz this week. So hold me accountable on that. I, I could, that could cost me, but he, he's been great the last three weeks. He's been solid. He's been solid. And then this, in the, this last week with 30, like 20 some points, 20 some points, 30 points. That is encouraging. And it's, he, that means you have to get him on your roster. He can't be floating around on the waiver wire, which everybody gave up on him, un, understandably so. Now it's time to get him back on the rosters, and I actually bid for him on my 
on my waiver wire. So I got him. Let's go to the one-hit wonders for the week. We'll start with music. The one-hit wonder of the week, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. That's right. It's such a classic song. We love the song Rocky, right? Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, Rocky. I mean, awesome song. Um, I, was, I was like questioning it. I was like, wait, that's from Rocky. But Survivor, what else have they done? Nothing. We know the show on CBS has been around. They've done like 30 seasons or something, some ridiculous number. Uh, but Survivor, the band, Eye of the Tiger, one-hit wonder. In fantasy football, the one-hit wonder. Nick Boyle, tight end for the Ravens. Three of three for 33 yards and a touchdown. Not doing it again. Come on, Mark Andrews owners. We can't be having Nick Boyle uh, vulture touchdowns and get in the way of Mark Andrews having a big day. So that was a, a little unfortunate, but I, I still think he's a one-hit wonder. Also, Durham Smythe. What a name. One catch, four-yard touchdown for the Miami Dolphins. That's a one-hit wonder. Well, I can feel confident. That's, a, that's their third tight end. Come on, that can't. That's not a consistent <laughs> thing. All right. Speaking of the Dolphins, let's get to our next segment. I'm convinced. I let you know what I'm convinced of this week, and I am convinced Tua Tungavailoa won't be as good as Ryan Fitzpatrick this season in fantasy. Dolphins, you're already giving up on Fitzpatrick. Three and three. He scored three touchdowns on Sunday. I know it was the Jets, but Fitzpatrick has been playing well. He's been one of the better fantasy quarterbacks this year, and you're giving up on him and you're putting Tua out there. I think fantasy owners will be disappointed if they make the shift from Fitzpatrick to Tua on your roster. I think there will be a drop-off. That's my, that's my gut. That's my gut on that one. Uh, again, you can hold me accountable on that. But rookie quarterbacks, you, you just don't know. Justin Herbert's been great. Burrow's been a little up and down. Uh, Daniel Jones was pretty good last year. Now he's kind of fa- fizzled out a little bit. They, they did beat the Washington football team, but um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just not I'm not as high on Tua. Secondly, I, I'm convinced that Cam Newton has a bounce back game against the 49ers after a rough game against the Broncos. I think Cam Newton having the Rona, they lost some momentum. Uh, the, the Patriots have just kind of lost their mojo a little bit. I do think they'll get it back. I think they'll be fine. Belichick will get them. Bouncing back, and Cam will have a big game uh, against the Niners. I am convinced that J.K. Dobbins will shine. He'll take over. He'll get more carries. He'll have more big plays. The Ravens will trust him more now that Mark Ingram is out. And it might only only be a few weeks. It could be maybe a little longer, depending on how severe that ankle is. But I think Dobbins, this will be his chance, and and they're going to unleash him. Same way DeAndre Swift was unleashed in Detroit, I think it's coming. I do. We've eased into it. We've saw maybe a little glimpse here or there, but it's it's Dobbins time. Look look out for Dobbins. Jump on that bandwagon before it's too late. Lastly, I'm convinced Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller will be strong fantasy weapons until they get injured. Both of those guys are injury risks, but if you have them on your team and you're starting them while they're healthy, I think you'll be in good shape. Things are better in Houston. I know they lost from a football standpoint, but fantasy-wise, Watson was great. Both those guys were studs, and it's nice if you've got them. I would also recommend that you trade them. (laughs) If you can get somebody a little bit more reliable, if somebody just happens to really buy into them and 
and maybe you you catch a, a receiver with somewhat of an off game, but you know is more reliable in the long run, I would trade Fuller or Cooks just from the injury risk standpoint. Because when it comes to the playoffs in fantasy, I do not want guys that can let me down with, with a pulled hammy or concussions or that kind of thing where, where you know, those guys just have that, that injury history that makes me nervous. Let's jump to the waiver wire. A little quiet on the waiver wire this week, and I'll just say this. Heading into next week, a lot of those Colts players are on the waiver wire. Leave them there for now because they're on a bye, and then go get them, especially if people drop the Colts' defense. Go get the Colts' defense. Maybe you have to get them now, depending on your league, to, to, to stash them for next week if you, if, you, if you have the ability to carry two defenses and you have enough room on your roster. But I, I want those Colts players and their defense. I, I really do. Now, Rivers, I, I wouldn't count on him to be your starter, but, uh, but if, it might be worth rostering him as a backup. But I, I'm more worried about the, the, the other weapons. Of course, you want Jonathan Taylor. Keep an eye on some of those receivers that might be available. Pittman coming back. Uh, Trey Burton at tight end. So there, there are some, some guys there to, uh, to roster for sure. If, if people drop them because of a buy. All right, let's get to peace or panic, and then we will get to this week's playbook topic. But first up, the Minnesota Vikings are causing me to panic. Last week on the show, I, I talked about Dalvin Cook and him being out and, and definitely some panic for him. But this whole team is in trouble. Kirk Cousins is unreliable. There's just question marks about Mike Zimmer, their head coach. Thielen, he did get into the end zone, but as a Thielen owner, I'm starting to panic a little bit. I, I know he's so good, and, and, and Kirk does always seem to find him. It seems like Thielen scores every week. So he has been tremendous for me this year, but th- this whole Vikings team, I mean, at what point does it get to, uh-oh, this Vikings team is just going to be heading toward a rebuild? I, I don't know. I, it just it makes me very nervous. And Alexander Madison, I thought, would come in and actually play really well in place of, of Dalvin Cook. But it didn't happen, and that was disappointing. So I, I'm concerned. I really am. As it goes for the Buffalo Bills and some of their players, overall I'm at peace. Uh, they've, had a, they've had a tough couple of games, playing some good, good teams. Maybe they're just not a, a, a national spotlight team. They're better when they're flying under the radar, playing at 1 o'clock. So I, I'm not jumping ship on some of those weapons that were really good early in the year, especially Josh Allen. Uh, I'm hanging on to those guys, and and I'm not panicking, except for Singletary. I am nervous about Singletary, and I own him in two leagues, and he's had the opportunities. He hasn't taken full advantage of those opportunities. Zach Moss back, TJ Yeldon in the mix, Josh Allen as a a threat to run. Singletary is is breaking my heart a little bit. I thought he would take that next step, and he just hasn't done it. He had a couple good games thrown in there, but still not to the level that I had hoped for. So a little panic for him. Uh, I would also be panicking if I was a Clyde Edwards-Alaire owner. He's still great, and he he was awesome on Monday night. I am a believer in Le'Veon Bell, and I'm a believer enough that he's going to steal carries, he's going to steal touchdowns. For the Chiefs, for their benefit, they're going to use both guys, and it'll be more of a committee. As a fantasy owner you're you're going to be playing the guessing game of, of who has maybe the bigger game and will there be enough room for both of those guys to be productive? 
yeah, and, and you have to maybe lower your expectations. I just don't think either one will be a running back one in fantasy. Maybe they're both RB2s, which isn't a terrible thing, but you drafted most likely Clyde Edwards-Alaire to be a, a number one. You took him maybe as the fifth running back or, or the eighth running back, somewhere in there possibly, and I think you're going to be disappointed, uh, especially getting used to uh, – he had a few good games, but then he kind of – I mean – he made you a little nervous a few weeks ago anyway, just some, some lower-scoring performances. And so now you add Bell, I think he's got enough in the tank, and I think he'll, he'll be good in that system with Andy Reid. That was a big pickup for them. It really was. As far as the Green Bay Packers go, I'm at peace. Throw that game out. It's just a weird game, a bad game. They'll get things figured out. I'm not panicking with any of those players. Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones. You, you want those guys, no question about it. Uh, and then if I'm an Adrian Peterson owner, I'm panicking. It's DeAndre Swift time in Detroit. I think they'll they'll give him more and more carries as the season goes on, and and Peterson will. You know, he's, he's it's unbelievable at his age how well he's playing. But I think he'll take a step back. And if you were relying on him, I don't think your team's very good <laughs> anyway. Peterson's a nice guy to have on your bench here and there, but if if you're relying on him as an RB two, you probably have bigger issues. I, I would guess, but I could be wrong. But if you have Swift, you're loving life. I've got Swift. He was on my bench this past week, but I'll be putting him in the starting lineup this week for the Lions. All right, so those are my thoughts heading into week number seven. Wow, here we go. So six weeks in the books. Overall, my, my three teams are, are they're, they're looking pretty good. Uh, my fourth league, the L.A. Chargers uh, in the FFF 32 league, we had a bye. So um, I'm feeling pretty good about the Chargers. They're doing all right. But, uh, but overall, my, my fantasy teams are, are solid and in contention, and we'll keep rolling. But it all comes down to injuries. And so let's, let's go to the FFF playbook and, and talk about injuries. And thankfully, I had some injuries early in the year, but at the moment, pretty healthy. Losing Miles Sanders in, in one league hurt. But having George Kittle back was the big, the big injury early for me. Uh, so that, that's been nice. But all of us will experience injuries throughout the fantasy season. How we handle those injuries. How well we develop our, our, the, the depth of our, our, our bench. And how strong our roster is. will all be you know, factors in how well we finish the season and if we can survive once a player goes down. How well we work the waiver wire when we deal with injuries. And, and knowing who's available and knowing who, who really is a talented player and if they're given the opportunity because the person in front of them went down we've got to know that information and so uh so anyway we, we're all going to be dealing with injuries and then some of us our teams have been ravished with injuries injury after injury after injury and it's been really difficult and it's frustrating and you throw your hands up and you go what's going on you know what can I really do and and so as you know fantasy owners we, we try to avoid injury prone players but we must realize that Whenever a player steps onto the field, he has the chance of getting hurt. And, you know, we, we can't be delusional in thinking that our guys will never deal with, with some sort of injury during the year. And in our own lives, we know we're not free from pain, suffering, disappointment, missed opportunities. God absolutely blesses his children and he allows us to enjoy life, but he never tells us that we won't experience setbacks and tough situations. And so the reality is that we are going to regularly suffer from both minor and major, quote-unquote, injuries throughout our lives. 
And so we have to learn the, the proper responses while accepting that, you know, injuries come in life. And so we, we, we accept it, we understand it, we deal with it, and then we learn to properly handle it uh, when those, those injuries and sufferings and, and suffering and pain and difficulties, challenges come into our lives. And so when we make the decision to follow Jesus, uh, it's not all about you know, good health and lots of wealth and all of that sort of thing, but we need a Savior. And, and so we need Jesus. And so when we follow him, we desire to grow and become more like him. And even though we want to completely avoid all injuries and, oh, I don't want to have any struggles in life. I just want to be smooth sailing. That's not what this life is all about. It's about building and growing. And, and oftentimes the most growth happens during setbacks, during injuries in life. And so the Bible says uh, in John 16, 33, I have said these things to you, Jesus says this, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we place all of our hope and trust in him through the suffering, through the pain, through the injuries, and we can have peace in the midst of it all. And so uh, so that's what we have to cling to. And and so injuries play out differently for each of us, and, and they affect you know, multiple areas of our lives. But we need to understand that it is part of the faith journey and that there is purpose and that good can come from the big hits that lead to pain in life. And Paul writes this in Romans. He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And so, so much good comes from the pain and then ultimately anything we go through now it pales in, the compare, in comparison to what we will experience when we are united fully in eternity with Jesus forever and all of the suffering goes away because we are made uh, with you know, new bodies, it's perfect, and, and it's life eternal with Jesus. And that's the hope that we cling to and all the glory that, uh, that shines through, uh, through God. And, and so that's what we get to enjoy both now and forever. Uh, even in the midst of sufferings temporarily during this present time. And then also in Romans it says, uh, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let's, uh, man, let's turn to the Lord in the midst of suffering, in the midst of injuries, in the midst of pain. There is peace available. There is hope available and there's strength available as well. All of that is found in Christ. And so let's lean on him today and fantasy wise, keep hope alive. There's hope on the waiver wire. (laughs) There's, there's hope in, in maybe your bench, some trades. Let's not give up. So let's keep going. Uh, and, and we know that we're going to face injuries. It's part of the fantasy. It's part of life. So how will we respond when they happen? I'm Bryce Johnson. Thanks so much for joining me here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast. And I hope you'll check out the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the FFF pod. I'm a fantasy football owner who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus 
together. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the fantasy football weekend, the NFL weekend, and thanks again for joining me. You can email me, fantasy at unpackingit.com. We'll talk to you next time.